If you have your Bibles, uh, let's go ahead and turn to Psalm 34. Uh, we're going to be there uh, again today to, uh, to look at this passage uh, as, we, as we look at the fear of the Lord. And I hope it has been as enjoyable to you to, to look at the fear of the Lord as it has to me. It's been very uh, eye-opening. I can, I can definitely say that I've thought more about the fear of the Lord in the last few months than I have uh, sadly in most of my life, even though the fear of the Lord is something that we've seen is, is all over Scripture, and, but, but knowing how to define that fear of the Lord, what the fear of the Lord is biblically, uh, is, has been very refreshing uh, to me. So what we're looking at is, is what does it mean to fear the Lord and, and why does it matter for us? The reason uh, we right now uh, of all times are, are looking at the fear of the Lord is because the Bible has told us that the Lord is pleased with those who fear Him, and that if we as soldiers, if we want to fight well against evil, which we're working through the Lord's Prayer, and we're in this section on being delivered from evil and spiritual warfare, that we are sadly, uh, typically not very familiar with how to think about spiritual warfare, or the demonic forces uh, that we are fighting against, and how they might influence us or seek to uh, work evil against us. So even as we're praying to be delivered from evil, the Lord uh, gives us this instruction about being a good soldier to fight against evil. But if we want to be a good soldier, the Bible tells us that we need to seek to please the one who has soldiered us. A good soldier seeks to please the one who has made them a soldier. Uh, and, and we've seen uh, that part of this is in equipping us for this spiritual warfare is what pleases the one who enlisted us. Well, the fear of the Lord please him. The Lord is pleased uh, with those who fear him. And so we then thought, well, if that's what we need to be, if we need to do that, if we need to fear the Lord in order to fight against spiritual warfare, well, if, if we're going to pray, deliver us from evil, we need to make sure that we're equipping ourselves for that battle as well. And if a good soldier fears the Lord, then we need to know what it means to fear the Lord. We need to know what, what God is saying when he says fear the Lord. What is he talking about? Not what do we mean, but what does the Bible mean when it tells us to fear him. And so now we've worked out this definition, pulling these various parts of scripture together to, to have faith in God because you are amazed by his glory and his holiness. That is to fear the Lord. And now though, now that we know what the fear of the Lord is, the Bible has also been very clear to tell us that there are actions that go with that fear. That if you fear the Lord, it's not just, hey, here's the fear of the Lord. Be a good soldier. Know what the fear of the Lord is. Okay, I fear the Lord. Well, if you truly do, right, if you really do, here are the things you'll see in your life so that you can know, hey, am I just saying I fear the Lord? Or is that fear actually bearing fruit in my life? Because the fear of the Lord will bear certain fruit for the believer. If we all, if we took a poll and I said, who in here fears the Lord? I doubt anybody would not raise their hand. But our lives will actually show how supple that fruit is for us. How rich that fount of fearing the Lord is. So we've got various fruits that the Lord says, hey, this is what you'll see in your life if you truly fear me. If you truly fear the Lord, here are the things that you'll see. So we saw, we began with those who fear the Lord, praise the Lord. Those who fear the Lord, serve the Lord. Those who fear the Lord, depart from evil and do good. And that it's the last two that we're on here in Psalm 34. We've pulled from, uh, from this passage here. So let's stand in the honor of reading God's word. Uh, and because we're about to devote ourselves to what we have read. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? 
Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, you may be seated. So we we looked a few weeks ago at uh, depart from evil. And now we looked, I think it took us one week, maybe two, probably just one week to look at departing from evil. But now we're looking at uh, what it means that we don't just, there's a fear of the Lord, they don't just depart from evil, but they do good. There's not just a negative to their life, not just what their life lacks. There's a positive, what their life is filled with. And here it's filled with doing good. Well, what does it mean when the Bible says that those who fear the Lord do good? Now, that those who fear the Lord do good is a, is a constant refrain. Like we said, this is, this is the reasons we're spending more time on it. It's because the Bible spends a whole lot more time describing how those who fear the Lord uh, do good. They do what He says. But, but what is the good that we can expect in the believer's life? What is the good that the Bible says, this is the good that they do? Because the world is full of things where they say, hey, this person is really good, or they do a lot of good. Would you therefore say that, oh, the person that everyone else says does a lot of good, that they must fear the Lord because they do good. No, we've got to let the Bible define what doing good is. And there are a lot of categories, a lot of things we could lump under do good. uh, But we're looking at the most general aspect of that call um, when we saw that the Lord laid us out that those who do good keep his commandments. What does it mean to do good? Those who do good, the doing good is obeying the Lord's, obeying the Lord's commands. But even that is detailed by the Lord. It's not just that those who do good, they're keeping the commands of God. Uh, God told us that those who do good keep his commands in a specific way. So we saw last week that those who uh, do good, they obey the Lord, they obey the commandments. How? All the ways, uh, and we spelled all ways with two L's, Uh, So that you could remember that the word all is repeated over and over when the Lord describes those who because they fear Him, they obey Him. Uh, They they obey all His commands all the way, all the time. Over and over, that word all was repeated. And then we saw last week that they obey completely and uh, or, or perfectly. That they, they, their obedience is a mature, a, a ripe obedience. They don't pluck obedience quickly from the vine. They let it mature. They make it complete. But that's not all. That's not all the instructions about the fear of the Lord and how people who fear the Lord obey His commands. There's more so that we can make sure we've got a full picture of when the Bible says they obey His commands, what sort of obedience are we talking about? Uh, so this week we'll see that those who fear the Lord walk in His commandments. In other words, they obey all the time. The commandments of the Lord are their walk. They walk in obedience to the Lord. Obeying the Lord is not something they do once. It's not just something they do every now and again. They obey the Lord by walking in His ways. That is the defining trait of their life. Now, if you remember when we uh, looked at at God's description of obedience, uh, we saw that word all a lot. And one of the things we saw was that they obeyed all of the Lord's commands all of their days. Remember, all of their days. And if we go back to the example of Job, what did it say about Job? We saw that when it described Job, that he was perfect and upright. That Job was a perfect and upright man. Well, that word upright is really comes from the Hebrew word that just means straight. 
He was a, he, Job was a straight guy. Uh, he was a perfect, and this is back when straight meant different. Uh, he was straight, meaning he went exactly as the Lord told him to do. He, so when it says he was upright, he walked straight. He walked, as we would say, he walked the straight and narrow, right? People say that. Uh, that's what Job was doing. He was, he was perfect, uh, which they translated blameless, but we don't like his translation. He was perfect or complete. There was a maturity to him and also upright. He walked straight. He walked straight. And we talked about uh, this idea of walking when we talked about departing from evil, that, that when a Christian departs from evil, the reason we said depart from evil rather than just turn away is because uh, when the Bible is describing this idea of departing from evil, it's not just turning your back on it, it's getting away from it. And so we talked about for the believer, they don't just turn away from evil, they pursue good. And that's what we're seeing here, that the, that the Christian will turn away from evil and in doing good, they will walk no longer in evil, but walk in the good. Uh, rather than walking toward evil, they will walk uh, away from it. So, so those who fear the Lord will walk in obedience. They will leave behind evil, they will turn toward the good, and then they will head that way. And that will be the pursuit of their life. And when we're looking at people who fear the Lord, we're going to see repeated over and over that people who fear the Lord walk in the commandments of God. That that is their walk. That that is the way that they go. It's a description, not just of a moment, but of their lives. They walk in the ways of God. It's not just that they're familiar with the ways of God. It's not like they dip their toes in the ways of God. It's not every Sunday they go and they think about the ways of God. No, their life is one that they walk in the ways of the Lord. Take, for example, Psalm 128. Psalm 128, verse 1. Look at the fear of the Lord and, and, and walking in obedience to the Lord. Psalm 128, 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walk in His ways. So blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. What do those who fear the Lord do? So we've got the fear of the Lord, that affectation that we've got. We have this emotional sense, I fear the Lord. So what will be the fruit of those who fear the Lord? They walk in His ways. If you fear the Lord, uh, then again, that won't just be sort of a, this, this intellectual or, or emotional state. Yes, I, I fear the Lord. It will bear fruit. It will bear the fruit of obedience where obeying the Lord is your walk. It is your way. This is what we saw with Noah as well. Remember Noah, who also was a righteous and uh, perfect man, a mature man, a complete man. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, uh, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. So Noah feared the Lord, which meant he did what was right. He did what was just. That's the word righteous there. means someone who does what is right. It's the same word as the word for just or justice. He does what is just. And he was perfect. He was mature, complete. And this, but this, this uh, rightness and this maturity, this perfection, this completeness, those weren't just a, a, a moment for Noah. It wasn't that, hey, here in Genesis chapter 6, God looked out and Noah was finally doing good. Noah was finally being right. Okay, is Noah doing right? Oh, he's doing right today. Oh, is, how's Noah? No, Noah's mature today. No, Noah walked with the Lord. 
Those who fear the Lord, uh, they obey the Lord, but that obedience isn't just momentary. For the Christian, your obedience needs to be pathological. The Christian is a pathological obeyer. Notice the pun on the word path so you can help remember it. The Christian is a pathological obeyer. You need to be a pathological obeyer of the Lord. It needs to be your walk. It needs to be your path where you just do that. You're not constantly going, oh, I forgot. I need to walk with the Lord. Oh, look at me again. Forgot. Need to walk with the Lord. For the Christian, we should be as pathological in our righteousness as the unbeliever is pathological in their unrighteousness. Where sometimes you go, I don't even know if he's thinking about all the lies that are coming out of his mouth. I don't know if they're thinking about all the unrighteousness they're doing. Surely, surely not. For the Christian, our lives are meant to be like that. If you fear the Lord, your obedience will be pathological. You will obey simply because that's what those who fear the Lord do. So if you're looking at your obedience, what we need to see for the Christian is a pathological obedience. We need to see an obedience that is constant where you're obeying all the time where your fear of the Lord keeps you on the path of the Lord. Because those who fear the Lord walk in His ways. If you fear the Lord, you will walk in His ways. It is not walk in His ways so that you might fear the Lord. It is if you fear the Lord, you will walk in His ways. So for the Christian, uh, obedience, walking in His commandments is what the Lord expects. When we talk about uh, the Lord says those who fear Him, they keep His word, they keep His commandments. What does that mean? Well, they walk in them. It's not just something where you go and, and one time you see something in Scripture, ooh, I need to do that. And you go, oh, I fear the Lord. But where you recognize that, that those who fear the Lord, they'll see that and then they'll walk in it. It won't just be a momentary thing. It'll be pathological. But not only do they walk with the Lord, they walk that path, like we mentioned with Job, in a straight manner. They are faithful to the path, meaning they do not deviate. The Christian does not deviate from the path. The, the life of those who fear the Lord is one where they, where they walk with God. Like we said with Job, their path is upright. Their path is straight. So they're not just walking with God and sort of like they don't, you know, you, you want your Christian life to pass a sobriety test is what you want. Your Christian life should be able to pass the one foot in front of the other and not just all way. Oh, I'm off the path. Oh, I'm back on the path. The Christian life is one where you walk straight, where you do not, the one who fears the Lord walks the obedience to the Lord, and they do it in a straight manner. They are, they are faithful in that walk. In other words, what the Lord says, we do. And, and we see this idea tied to the fear of the Lord and obeying the Lord in a, in a straight fashion in several verses, where the Lord says, you fear the Lord, you're going to obey me, and you're going to obey me by not deviating and instead walking straight. So as you fear the Lord, we're going to see they're not going to deviate from the path they're going to walk that path straight. We'll see this. In, we saw this already, like we said, in the description of Job's life. But we're going to see that Job's life was not an anomaly. His fear of the Lord, it might have been an anomaly in his generation, like Noah's was. But his, his, his life is not an anomaly for those who fear the Lord. Job's fear of the Lord was not a special fear of the Lord. Those who fear the Lord, they live perfect and upright, straight Lives. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Let's go back to some of these verses in Deuteronomy. We'll look at Deuteronomy 5, then we'll go to Deuteronomy 17. But look at Deuteronomy 5, go down to verse 29. Deuteronomy 5, go down to verse 29. Look at what it says. This passage that we've read uh, multiple times about those who fear the Lord, then obey the Lord. It says, Oh, 
that they had such a heart as this always, what sort of heart to, to fear me and to keep all my commands. So here we see uh, they, those who fear me, they walk in my way. Same thing. Those who fear me, keep all my commands. So since they fear, they keep. That it might go well with them and with their descendants forever. Go and say to them, return to your tents. But you stand here by me. And I will tell you the whole commandment and the statutes and the rules that you shall teach them. That they may do them in the land that I'm giving them to possess. You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. So we've got God telling his people, if they fear him, they're going to obey him. They'll obey all his commandments like we saw. But I really want to focus on verses 32 and 33. Because what does it say? He says, be careful. You're going to be, be careful to do it. And then again, we get a description of that level of, of obedience that we're talking about here. So you're going to be careful. Those who, uh, who, who love the Lord, who fear the Lord, are going to be careful to obey. It's not going to be happenstance. They're going to want to do it. And they're going to be careful to obey. Be careful to obey. We get this level of of obedience here. What do we see? We see this picture of a straight, uh, an upright obedience. And it begins with the negative. What does he say? Do not turn. So you're going to walk straight, which means you, upright, which means you do not turn to the right or to the left. What does he want? He say, don't deviate from the path. Right? Walk. You're going to walk in my ways. They're going to walk in all the commands. So don't, so don't deviate to the right or to the left. And, and then that then brings us to the positive. So you're not deviating. So that's what you're not doing. You're not going right. You're not going left. Well, what are you doing? You're not standing still. And it's not don't turn right and don't turn left, but, don't, but then just stand there. No, what are they doing? They're walking. So what does he say? That you may walk in all that he commands you. Verse 33, you shall walk. And also, you're not turning to the right, you're not turning to the left, but you're not standing still either. So those who have the fear of the Lord, they're obeying the commands of God, they're walking in them, but they're also careful to walk straight. They're careful not to deviate from the commands of the Lord because they fear the Lord. They think He's amazing, His glory and His holiness. Why would they deviate? Why would they go to the right or to the left from what a God, their God has said? Why would they do that? If they truly feared the Lord, if they thought He was truly that amazing and glorious and holy, why would they deviate from what that glorious and holy God said to do? It just makes sense. It's just logical. If you really feared the Lord, if you thought of the Lord in that way, you would not say, oh, I know someone so glorious and holy as you has told me to do this, but I think I'm going to go to the right. Or this, uh, you know, this evil spirit has told me to go to the left. Or this temptation is drawing me here, so I will go that way. We are like moths drawn to the flame. And when the Lord is the brightest flame that we can see, we will head straight toward that. And we will be consumed by His glory. We will not swerve to the right or to the left. So when it comes to God's commands, if you fear the Lord, you won't deviate from what He commands you. You won't try to find loopholes. You won't try to find off-ramps because that's what's going to happen. You, the Lord is going to tell you to do something and He's going to tell you to do something hard. 
He's going to tell you to do something that is bearing your cross. And he's going to tell you to do something that is dying to yourself. Because as Jesus says, if you're not willing to do that, you are not ready to be my disciple. So he's going to tell you to bear your cross for him. And that's not going to be something simple. You're going to bear on the cross. You're going to go, this is hard. So what you're going to do is you're going to take a few steps. And then you're going to want to deviate off of that. You're going to want an off-ramp. If you remember from Peter, we talked about all the times he used the word meno and hoopameno and stuff like that. We're talking about bearing and bearing under and how the, the Christian life can be this time where, where you're obeying the Lord and sometimes you're trying to obey, but your knees start to shake and you just want to give up. Because you've been obedient a little way. You've been walking a little way and you know what the Lord is calling you to, but it seems so hard and partway through you want to lay your burden down and just get off. Not give your burden to Christ. Because if you gave your burden to Christ, you'd find that you had the strength to do all that he has called you to do, that he would give you that strength. But, but instead, you're like, I just want to get off this. It's too hard. And a step to the right or to the left. Those who fear the Lord don't do that. They, they walk in his ways. And they, don't, they know they can't deviate. They would not deviate. We see the, the same thing in Deuteronomy 17. The same thing in Deuteronomy 17. We're talking to the, the kings and, uh, and his obedience and an obedience that is born out of a fear of the Lord. Look at Deuteronomy 17. Go down to verse 18. It says, And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law approved by the Levitical priests, and it shall be with him, and he shall read in it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers, that he may not turn aside from the commandment, either to the right hand or to the left, so that he may continue in his kingdom, he and his children in Israel. So, so if you're the king, what do you do? You, you read all your days uh, for, what, for what purposes? You may fear the Lord and do the commandments and not deviate from them. Again, the, the, the path of obedience that the king is walking here is the straight path. It's the, the upright path. There's no going to the right or to the left. So those who fear the Lord, they obey and they don't get off that path of obedience. They walk that path. They don't go to the right or to the left. So they they walk in the ways of the Lord and they walk straight in them. They don't try to deviate to the right or to the left. They don't try and, the Christian doesn't try and fudge on obedience. They don't try to smear the, the lines of obedience and kind of work their way into the gray. They realize what the Lord has told them and that's how they walk. Why? Because they fear Him. Because they're amazed by Him. They're amazed by His glory and His holiness. Why would they not walk the path that that glory and holiest God has set out for them? In fact, it is a fear of the Lord that keeps us from getting off that path. Look at Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32, we're going to see that if you've got a fear of the Lord, it's actually it's going to work like bumpers to keep you in the middle. It's like, it's like uh, the Lord puts His Spirit to... It's like the Christian life is like bumper bowling, right? Where he keeps us out of the gutter. Uh, and when it comes to those who fear the Lord, the fear of the Lord is going to keep us from deviating off that path. The fear of the Lord will be... When we start to go to the right or the left, the fear of the Lord will be what knocks us back to the middle. But look at Jeremiah 32. Go down to verse 39. It says... I will give them one heart and one way 
that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them and I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. So here we see it is a fear of the Lord that keeps us from turning from Him. It's a, and so God gives us, He says He gives us a heart that fears Him, but He gives us a heart that fears Him. And what is the fruit of that heart? I'm giving them this heart to fear me so that they won't turn from me. So the fear of the Lord is great because it, it fixes us. It fixes our gaze on the Lord. The, the more our fear grows toward the Lord, the more we are amazed by His glory and His holiness, the less likely our eyes are to drift. When you're younger and your fear of the Lord is more immature, it is not grown, it is not a rich fruit, it is not this, this great font uh, that is driving you, then you're, you're far more likely to have your vision pulled one way or the other. But as your fear of the Lord grows, that fear of the Lord is going to keep you from turning from Him. And so here the Lord tells Jeremiah, look, I'm going to give them this heart. I'm going to give them one heart and what? One way. Here we see again this way. They're going to have one heart, which means they will have one way, one walk. And they won't turn from him. Why? Because they fear him. And the Lord's going to give them that fear. And when the Lord gives them a fear of him, they won't turn. Because when you have a fear of the Lord, it keeps you from turning to the right hand or to the left. So for the believer, as we're obeying the Lord, we walk, uh, we walk in the commandments of God and we walk straight. We do not deviate from them. It is an upright walk. It is not wobbly. It is no drunk Christian walk. We are pathological obeyers who are sober in their walks. But again, the reason this fruit is there is because it is a natural growth out of a fear of the Lord. This is, this is born out of someone who fears the Lord. It does not need for us. We don't have to engineer it or fake it. This is not fear of the Lord, fake it till you make it. It is a byproduct. The, this obedience, this walking in the fear of the Lord, this walking in obedience is a fruit of the fear of the Lord. And the reason it's a fruit because the Bible tells us that those who fear the Lord obey because they love the commands of God. They obey because they love the commands of God. The, the Christian is not obeying. He's not walking in the way. And, and the whole time going, oh, this is the worst and the Christian is walking in the way and in fact wants to know more way that they can walk. If the, if, well, let's look at this before I get into it. Look at, Psalm, look at Psalm 119, beginning of verse 63. Beginning of verse 63. He says, I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. So here, anyone who fears you, he says, I'm a companion to them. And what does he say? Lord, the world is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes more. I'm the, I am with those who fear you, those who keep your commandments. So again, what do we see? The psalmist fears the Lord, so he obeys. And those who also fear the Lord, who are also obeying, they are friends with him, he's companion with him. And, 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 and what do we see? This obedience that he's doing, he's not lamenting that he obeys. He's not lamenting that those who fear the Lord walk in the commandments of God. He's not, he's not regretting that those who fear the Lord keep his precepts. In fact, what does he say? He wants more. He wants more.
wants to know more precepts. He wants to know more statutes. I fear you, so I obey you. I keep your statutes. Now teach me more. Teach me more. So the believer, as they're fearing the Lord, they're walking in his way. But as they're walking, they're not thinking, oh, when is this going to be over? Like, when am I going to be done with this obedience? I know that I read that a good wife is supposed to be like this. Now, oh, I got to hurry up and get there so I can relax. No, the believer says, hey, you've said that a good wife is like this. I'm pursuing that. And along the way, as I'm walking, I'm going, teach me more. Teach me more. Show me more commands. Show me more. Why? Because they, they love the Lord and they love his commandments. That's why others who fear the Lord, others who keep his commands, he's a companion to them. Again, that's what it says. It's not just true for him. Everyone who fears the Lord not only wants to obey, they want to obey him more, which means they want to know more commands, more things that they can do. We saw it there in verse 63. I'm a companion of those who fear the Lord and I want to know more. We're all hanging out, trying to fear the Lord together, trying to obey his commandments, wanting more statutes. But look at verse 79, 79 and 80. You see the same thing. Let those who fear you turn to me that they may know your testimonies. May my heart be blameless. There's that word perfect again, complete in your statutes, that I might not be put to shame. So those who who fear the Lord turn to the psalmist. Now why? Why do they turn to the psalmist? Because they want to know more of God's testimonies. Those who fear you turn to me. Why? Because he's just said that he fears the Lord. He's a companion of those who fear the Lord, who keep his commands. He's being taught more, wants to be taught more. Now he says, those who fear you, they turn to me. Why? That they may know your testimonies. Now we already know that those who fear him are keeping his testimonies, but here they're turning and wanting to keep them even more. They want to know God's testimonies. They want to know God's commands. Those who fear the Lord, they love the commands of God. They obey Because they love the commandments. They're walking in the path of the Lord. Why? Because they love the path. They're they're walking straight, not deviating to the right or the left. Why? Because they love the path. And why do they love the path? Because they love the Lord. Because they have a fear for the Lord, they have faith in Him. They're amazed by His glory and His holiness. They love the path because they love their Lord. And so they want to know more about the path. They want to know more about the way. I mean, this is not the Lord sending you on a hike that you're going to hate. This isn't the Lord, you know, putting hiking boots on you. You know, I'm not really much of a hiker and it's hot in Oklahoma. This isn't that. When the Lord gives you a heart that fears him, a heart that wants to obey, a heart that that wants to walk in his word and, and doesn't want to deviate to the right or to the left. One of the things he gives that heart that's going to help you in walking and help you to be straight is he gives you a love for his commandments as well. You'll love. Those who fear the Lord love the commands of the Lord. So as they're walking in the way of the Lord and they see another, they see that path continued and they see, you know, they get up there and, it's, and, and, and they've been walking down this path. They're getting to the end of it and they get to the, to the end of it and they see a, a bifurcation in the road and to the left, they see disobedience and to the right, they see the, you know, good child this way. They don't go, oh, more path. Oh, more I've got to do. They see that's where I want to go. 
In fact, as they're walking to the end of the path, they're wanting to know more path. They're wanting, you know, give me. It's like when you, when you go skiing, right? And you're like, give me the map so that I may know the mountain. Uh, so I can, I can traverse all of its, you know, uh, slopes, uh, even the ones with the little black diamonds on them. You know, I, I avoided those, but no, I didn't. I liked those. And then I would walk down them. Because uh, I, I wasn't that good, but anyway, uh, that's what you would do. You'd, you'd be excited to know these things. You'd, you'd want to know the paths before you. And for the Christian, that's what we see. They obey the Lord. They obey the commands of God. They walk in them. They walk straight in them. Why? Because they love them. They love the commands of the Lord. They're not wanting to know less. They're wanting to know more. So if you fear the Lord, you're not going to want to know less. You're not going to be afraid to read, afraid of what you might see. Then you go, oh man, I'm going to have to obey more. Oh man, maybe I'm going to see something that's going to change me as a husband. Oh man, maybe I'm going to see something that's going to have to, maybe I have to change my life. And I like my life. Those who fear the Lord are going to want to know more that they can do. They're going to want more path. They're going to want more way. Those who fear the Lord obey. They obey always. They obey completely. They walk in His commands. They love His commands. In fact, this obedience is so integral that the Bible says, those who do not obey, do not fear the Lord. Those who do not obey, do not fear the Lord. And so you get these passages where, where what happens is you get these passages describing evil. And it says that it, it, it contraposes those actions with those who fear the Lord. So it says you got these people who do evil and then you've got these people that fear the Lord. Meaning that those who do evil, that those who are not obeying the Lord, don't fear him. So take, for example, Malachi chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant, all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, that it may leave them neither root nor branch. So the the righteous judgment of the Lord is coming and it's burning. And it's burning on those who do evil. But uh, this same sun is going to shine on the believers as well, but have a different result. Verse 2. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the cells. So you got two groups here. You got evildoers and those who fear the Lord. Evildoers, but then you've got, but for those who fear the, my name. So you got those who do evil, including things like being arrogant. And then you've got this other group, those who fear the Lord. Meaning, if you're those who do evil, who do things like being arrogant, then you do not fear the Lord. There's a difference between those two groups. You either fear the Lord or you are doing evil. So if you're disobeying the Lord, which what doing evil is, you're being arrogant, being, you know, list of all these things, then you do not fear the Lord. The same thing, Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. Do you not fear me, declares the Lord? Do you not tremble before me? I place the sand as the boundary for the sea, a perpetual barrier that it cannot pass. Though the waves toss, they cannot prevail. Though they roar, they cannot pass over it. But this people, this people has a stubborn and rebellious heart. And they've turned aside and gone away. They do not say in their hearts, let us fear the Lord our God. So you've got, the Lord says, hey, the sea obeys me. This is how rebellious the people are. The sea obeys me and can't, even though it roars, even though its, it's waves are tossing about, it cannot, cannot prevail against them. But these people, they do not fear Him. And because they do not fear Him, in their hearts, they do not say, let's fear the Lord. 
But what is the evidence that God points to to make that proclamation? He says they've got stubborn hearts. And what have they done? They've, look at the end of verse 23, they've turned aside, which we saw is something that those who fear the Lord do not do. They have turned aside. They have gone to the right or to the left. But they haven't just turned aside. They've turned aside and gone away. So rather than departing from evil and doing good, these people are departing from good and doing evil. And so the Lord says, they don't fear me. They don't fear me because they're not obeying my commands. They're not departing from evil and doing good. They're departing from good and doing evil. They do not fear me. So those who fear the Lord obey. Those who do not obey, that's just evidence. It's fruit that you do not fear the Lord. Dead branches are, are an example of what? Of, of death. So what, what can we do with this? You've got those who fear the Lord. Uh, they, they obey. They obey always, uh, completely. They walk in His commands. They, they walk straight in them. They don't deviate to the right or to the left they, they, because they love His commands. Those who don't do those things do not fear Him. So, so what sort of uses can we, uh, can we take from this today? Now, a few things that we've got to apply to our, to our lives. If you fear the Lord, you must walk in His commands. You must walk in them continually. You must walk daily in the commands of your God. They must be your path, not your excursion. You must be a pathological obeyer. As Paul says in, in Romans 6, uh, as he's going to say, you must be a slave to righteousness. Those who fear the Lord becomes, become slaves to the right. Just like it talked about with Noah, that he was a righteous man. Romans 6, is going to say, when the Lord is giving us this new heart, when he makes us alive, when he puts that fear of the Lord in us, when he gives us a heart that fears him, what is going to happen? We will be slaves to the right. We'll be slaves to obedience. We'll be pathological obeyers. If you fear the Lord, that must be what you do. That must be your walk. It must be your walk. It must be what describes your life. Not just moments, but your life. Not just, not, just a, not just a step you take, but the path you're on. Your obedience must be pathological. If you fear the Lord, another thing, if you fear the Lord, we see that you must not swerve to the right or to the left when you obey. So Christian, if you're going to obey the Lord, if you fear the Lord, you want to obey Him, you want to fear the Lord, you want to fear Him more, you want to see that fruit of fear grow in you, then you must not swerve to the right or to the left when you obey the Lord. If you know the good that you're supposed to do, what should you do? Do it. Tim, who knows the good to do, and doesn't do it, it's sin. But for those of us who fear the Lord, when we know the good to do, what do we do? We do it. We do it. When you know the good that you're supposed to do, just do it. Don't kind of do it. Don't somewhat do it. Don't kind of obey. Do what the Lord commands. Don't step to the right. Don't step to the left. And the good thing is about the Lord and his, the guidance of His Spirit, you know what to the right and to the left is. No one accidentally steps to the right or to the left. In terms of obedience, when we step to the right or to the left for the Christian, it is an intentional step. No one's going to accidentally wander from the path here. And that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about an intentional deviation from the directions of your God. So if you fear the Lord, you must walk in those commands. It must be your walk. It must be your path. You must not swerve to the right or to the left. Uh, if you fear the Lord, you must obey the Lord because you love the commands of the Lord. You must love the commands of your God. If you shy away from God's commands, if you, if you fear reading your Bible because 
you know, it's going to show you more of what you need to do or, or it's going to show you what you need to change or you just like your life how it is or, or you don't want it, whatever it is. If that's true, where you can see the commands of God and not want to read them because of what he's going to ask you to do, what path he's going to want you to get on, then you do not fear the Lord. Because those who fear the Lord love the path of God. They love the commands of God. They want to know more. They don't hate that they're walking with the Lord. They love it. They don't hate that they're walking in his ways. They love it and they want to know more. This is why it's shocking when, when, when people, when Christian people try and undo the commands of God as if now we just have these simple things like uh, just love, you know, no law, you know, just love, just do whatever, but do it, you know, just happily and smiley. And, and I say, if you won't love the law of God, then you do not fear the law or you do not fear the Lord like you should. Because the psalmist says that he and others who fear the Lord love the Lord's law and they want to know more of God's word because of their love of him and because of their fear of him. They don't try and truncate the law of God. They try and dig deeper into it. They want to know more because God is so amazing, because he's so holy, because he's so glorious. We should want to know all that he tells us in how we should live. We shouldn't try and make the commands of God smaller. We shouldn't try and make the path shorter. We should try and know as much of the law of God as we can. We want to stack our lives with the statutes of our God. If you're not... Uh, obeying these things, if you're not delighting in these things, then you do not fear the Lord. If you're not obeying uh, these ways, uh, the fruit that God says comes naturally with the fear of the Lord, uh, then you must realize, like we saw at the end, that you do not fear Him. That you do not fear Him. You at least do not fear Him as you should. Maybe again, it's a matter of immaturity. Your, your eyes are easily pulled aside because your fear of the Lord is somewhat askance or new. But if you see yourself willingly walking off the path, if you see yourself stopping the walk, departing from the Lord, then you need to take into your heart and say, I do not fear the Lord like I should. And either the Lord is going to use that to drive you to fear Him more, or the Lord is using that to show you that you have never feared Him. If you want to walk in the way of the Lord, another use, you must remember the path that has been walked before. You and I can walk this path of obedience to the Lord, not because we're some sort of new Christian uh, uh, vision here. We can walk this path only because Christ has already walked this path for you. Christ has this path that you see in front of you, and you say, how can I walk it? Your confidence needs to be. You can walk this path toward this glorious and holy God, because your Christ has already walked your path for you. This makes you walking the path of obedience an object of faith, not of performance. You can do this. When we lay this out and say, walk the path, walk it straight, don't step to the right, don't step to the left, love it, want more of it. You can do these things because Christ has done these things for you. Christ has walked this path so that you will walk this path. 
In God's eyes, you have walked the path perfectly. He sees you as never turning from the right or to the left. You're not walking this path to get the Lord's approval. You're walking this path in the confidence of one who has already been approved by the work of His Son. And that gives you faith to walk. An assurance that you will walk this path because the work of Christ has guaranteed it for all who are His. This is the path they will walk. If you want to walk in the way of the Lord, lastly, if you want to walk in the way of the Lord, almost lastly, if you want to walk in the way of the Lord, keep God's Word in your path. Okay, you want to walk in the way of the Lord, keep God's Word in your path. We saw that those who fear the Lord love His law. They ask for it. They want to know it. So if you're seeing this, you say, okay, I can do this. I can do this because Christ is on this. He's walked this path of me. I want to do it. I want to do it better. What can you do? Keep God's law in front of you and it will pull you like a magnet further along the path. If you do not keep the law of God in front of you, then you are more prone to wander. God's word will work like a magnet to keep us attracted to the path. You pull that magnet further away, it loses the strength of its magnetism. And you are more likely to wander to the right or to the left. Now, there might be things that you have kept in your mind, tertiary things that you still remember, foundational things that you have not read, but are buried in your heart like a seed. And those things may still keep you on the path. But the further that God's word gets out of your life, the further down the path you send it before you get into it, the more likely you are to wander along the way. If you want to keep, if you want to walk in the commands of God, if you want that fruit of the fear of the Lord, then keep God's law in front of you. Listen to 2 Samuel 22, 21 through 23. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, He rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. Why? He says, for all His rules were before me. And from his statutes, I did not turn aside. So how was he able to to keep the ways of the Lord and not wickedly depart from them? He says he kept his rules before him. And and from his statutes, he didn't turn aside. Now, we realize that he was commanded to do that as a king. He was commanded to read it every day in order to keep from turning aside. Well, guess what? If it helped the king to keep from turning aside, if it helped him to read the word every day so that he wouldn't turn aside, and so he continued to walk down the way, now you and I don't need to read that and go, ha, Not a king, so don't have to do that. Uh, You need to recognize that there is a benefit to reading the Word of God every day. Read it as much as possible because if you keep the rules of God before you, then they will pull you along that path. Because what will they? They will be lovely to you. Because the fear of the Lord, you love the commands of God, so the more commands you put in front of you, the more you go, yes, I want to do that. Yes, I want to do that. The less you read, the less you hear the Word of God, Unless you meditate on it, the more that law is going to get further away and the the, the lower the attraction is going to be, the more likely you'll be to deviate from that path. The more likely you'll be to turn aside. So put it there in your path. You want to to fear the Lord. You want to walk in this way like we said. You say, "I I want this to be my walk. I don't want to turn to the right or to the left. Put God's word in front of you all the time. It will magnetize you to the path of the Lord. You want to walk the path? Want to see the fruit ripen and mature in your life? Or it could say, be said of you, he or she was perfect and upright, just like it said of Job. Just like it said of Noah. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Get in it daily. Chew on the Word that's laid before you. 
I mean, don't treat sermons like motivational speeches. That was good. You know, I mean, I have to review the sermon or I forget it, right? And I'm writing it. So the idea that you can just hear it once and go, yeah, I got those passages in here forever now. Uh, without having to think on it again or ponder on it or, or try to, without having to meditate on it. Don't, don't see these things as motivation. See these as marching orders for our body. This is what our body is meant to march toward. You can be reading other things on your own, but this is what our body is working toward together. Do these things. Chew on them. You are, you are, husbands, lead your wife down the path. Wash your wife with the water of the word. If you love your wife and want her to be holy and blameless, then lay the word before her. God has created the world where we, where, where you as husbands, where we as husbands have an essential part of our wives' spiritual growth. Where he's just made the world that way. So quit either being passive uh, or demanding. Or, or being afraid of her, or being lazy, or being jealous. God has made a world where her holiness and blamelessness is partially your responsibility in washing her with the word. It's been a common theme since the garden. That when the wife is deceived, the husband, when the wife is deceived, the husband concedes. Instead of leading, he lets himself be led even if he knows that isn't the path the family should take. So husbands, lead your wives down the path by laying the path before her. Wash her with the water of the word. When it comes to leading the home, love your wife by leading your wife in the word. Lead your wife to fear the Lord. That is how God has made the world to work. Wives, you want to you fear the Lord? You want to walk down this path? Then submit to the path your husband is leading you down. As your husband leads, let him. Again, God has created a world where your husband is an essential part of your spiritual growth. At least that's what the Lord says. So either the Lord's lying about the world that he's made, or we've really got to believe that's actually how he made it. So, so don't be naggy. Don't be aggressive. And don't undermine his leading. Certainly don't undermine his leading to others. Even if you do it under the gossip light version of, will you just pray for me about? And understand the temptation to get a little control by nudging his direction to the right or to the left. Not because you're trying to help him see the path of God more, which would be what you should do, but because it gives you a feeling of a little more control. And if the course does need correction, if the path that he's leading you on is a wrong one, then let your fearful and holy conduct more than your words be the means of course correcting. If Peter can be believed, that is. Fathers, lay the path before your children. There's this weird idea out there that I'm going to let my kids figure it out for themselves. I don't force religion on my children. What in the world? Uh, lay the path of God in front of your kids so they will know where to walk. I mean, family devotions are great. They are great. But that's a low bar for the Christian household. 
Fathers, saturate your home with talk about God and His Word and His direction and His laws in every area of your children's life, in everything that they do. All the time in your home, be talking about Him and His ways. Show them the path. Lead them to the path, fathers. Children, look to the ant, you sluggards. Right? Because what? You don't need chiefs to tell you that reading and doing God's law is important. Don't think, well, I'll start reading the Bible when my parents tell me I need to read the Bible. I'll start obeying when my parents tell me you need to obey this. You need to do that. Listen, don't be a sluggard. You don't need a chief or a prince or a ruler to tell you to obey God. You know you should. So obey. Listen to the commands of God. Listen to the law of God. Love it. Love when your parents are teaching you. Love it. Listen. Listen. This path they're laying before you is guidance, is a grace from the Lord. And then obey. The best way to stay on the path is to listen to those who've been walking it longer than you. If you question every step of the path that they lay before you, then what you're going to do is you're going to disappoint them, you're going to discourage them, and you're going to lead yourself astray. So instead of, instead of always questioning, instead obey, as if not only do they know better, but obey as if God has given them to you. Or you to them. God has given you to them. And given them to you. To guide you. To direct you. They are a blessing from God. See it that way. Don't be frustrated when they point out the path. Rejoice that you don't have to stumble down the path. That there's someone who can point out the path for you before you have to walk it. If we are a people who fear the Lord, then we must walk in the commands of the Lord. They must be our path. They must be our life. They must be our love. It is this path that will deliver us from evil. If you want this heart, if you want your husband to have this heart, if you want your wife to have this heart, if you want your children to have this heart, if you want this heart, you want your friends to have this heart, ask the Lord to give you this heart. Ask Him to make your ways straight to make their ways straight. Pray, ask, and watch the Lord give it. It is a promised fruit to all who fear Him, to them and to their children for a thousand generations. Listen to Jeremiah 32, 39, and 40. Again, I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. Believe your Lord when He makes those promises and ask Him, Father, put the fear of me in my heart or put the fear of you in my heart and put the fear of you in their hearts too. Let's pray. So as we take a moment to respond, what is your fear of the Lord like if you base it on your walk? What is the path of your life? Are you someone whose days can be said to walk continually 
in obedience to the Lord? Or do you walk sometimes when you think about it every once in a while? When you feel really bad or things start to go sideways in the home, then you really start to walk in the ways of the Lord. When things start to go bad in your life, then you really start to obey Him. When things start to go to the right or to the left, you realize that you've gone to the right or to the left. And so you start to walk straight again. That's not the life of those who fear the Lord. Those who fear the Lord walk in His ways. They don't turn to the right or to the left. They love Him. They love the commands of God. And so they put His rules, His statutes ever before them that they might walk ever more faithfully and ever more in fear of Him. Ask the Lord to give you that heart. But ask it in confidence, knowing that He will, knowing that He has already purchased that heart for you because His Son has walked this path in your behalf. And He will give you this path as well. Follow your shepherd. He always leads His sheep. Father, we come to you And we come to you and we ask, shepherd, that you would lead us. That you would lead us and cause us to walk in your ways always. That we would not turn to the right or to the left. Give us a fear of you, Father. A fear of you that would fix our eyes on you. A fear of you that would keep us from ever wanting to to go astray. And let us ask that in faith, Father. Knowing that that's that's the very reason that Christ has walked that path not just so that we can walk into eternity but so that we can walk for your glory now with hearts that are changed today that you put these hearts in us to cause us to walk in your ways and to keep them for our good and the good of our children forever so we ask for those hearts father and we ask for them whether we need them to grow or whether we need them anew father we ask because you are the one who gives these hearts but you promise that you give them and you promise that the fruit will come So in confidence, we fix our eyes on you and we set our eyes on the path you laid before us and we ask, as we do that, we ask, give us more path. Give us more commands. Show us more what we can do to live a life that brings glory to you and good to us. But we ask it in confidence because of who you are and because of what your son has done. Please, Father, do these things. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.